Hello and welcome to Patch Time, your host Paul James. Today I'm joined by a special guest, because uh, Matto wasn't quite into this topic and has decided to sit down and read a book. Stephen Del Prado, how are you, Matt? I'm pretty good. It's a shame, Matto. I mean, I can't totally blame you. I've fallen off the Final Fantasy wagon myself a few times, but... You know, this I, is one I, you I can like get yourself think. up for, though. I, I can a little bit, I, and, you know, there's some interesting things happening in the Final Fantasy sphere, certainly more interesting than the Kingdom Hearts sphere. Oh. <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. Nomura can go... You know, light light that on fire and torch it up. I don't care, but don't don't screw up with uh, don't screw seven, sixteen, anything else that's going on here, <laughs> or that nine remake that we know is bubbling along. Then the Nvidia leak has revealed it. Like, just get it out there for us. Uh, as long as the it. as long as the eight remake gets made as well. <laughs> I'm an eight apologist, so yeah, okay, I'll I'll let you off because you're doing me a favor coming on the uh, on the fa- on the show to talk about Final Fantasy seven. Um, the reason we're doing it is, as I'm sure lots of people know at this point, is that we just had a big Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary event where we saw four different titles, two that we're really going to focus our time on. I'll just quickly shout out the fact that uh, Final Fantasy VII, the first soldier, which is the Battle Royale title, was was shown. It's already out. There was a, there's apparently a third season. It's been out that long. I wasn't even aware of that. I don't know about you, but uh, you didn't even realize into- mobile games were there. You picked and cho- chose when you were... I'm so not into those things. Like it's it's just not up my alley, and it feels really weird. As I'm, I guess maybe there's a segment of the Final Fantasy market there that is into it, but it's the same I, ten I people know, in every battle royale match. I don't know how much the kids are into Final Fantasy these days. I don't know if it's you know sort of like a a yesteryear brand for them. Well, actually, I mean, we're both teachers. Do you see or hear kids talking about it at all? Uh, like some of that anecdotal not, stuff, obviously. It's a very small sphere for both of uh, us, but it's. It's the I do have a few students who are into it. So if I wear like my like I'm wearing a Final Fantasy twelve shirt at the moment to be thematic with my bluey pajama pants. But very nice. if uh None of if, which anyone can see, but that's right. No. I know you're all very disappointed about that. But but very like a few of them will recognise it, but they're they're very much the like very into gaming yeah. um video game kids, like and even to them like it's not fresh, they consider it all pretty retro. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't, I can't think of too many that would really, like, there's a, there's a couple kids along the way, and you get the kids that always ask because they know I'm kind of the video game guy. Like, what's your favorite game? Final Fantasy Nine? What? From ninety yeah. percent of them, and then there's ten percent that go, yeah, that's old. I go, yeah, it came out before two thousand. Well, um, even like if you, you weren't alive, Final Fantasy fifteen, they'd be like, oh, that's old. I'm like, well, yeah, it is old. It's you know, like seven years old now or something. Yeah, yeah, twenty fifteen. Yeah, so yes, yeah, so going on seven years old sometime this year. Holy shit. What? Yeah. Oh, and, you know, remake, and even then, it's like, oh, that's the remake of that really old that game. really old game that my dad it talks came about. So I was your age. <laughs> oh shit, we, we are we're getting old. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hone in on the rest of it. So yeah, there was First Soldier, uh, Ever Crisis, which is a an interesting mobile title. It's going into beta later this year. That kind of is a remake of Seven, Crisis Core, Dirge of Cerebus, Cerberus, sorry, a uh, whole bunch of stuff there that. I don't know. Like it's I don't, there's a beta later in the year. We'll see what happens. They might pocket edition it and put it on consoles later on. But um, nothing too much yeah. for either of us to say on the mobile side. We're going to f- focus on the two big announcements and then just kind of see where the conversation takes us in regards to the future of Final Fantasy from there or Final Fantasy VII from there. So we'll start, I guess, in the order that these things were revealed. We had a conversation pre-show and we're probably going to replicate parts of it here. Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core or Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII, I should say. Um, is getting a remake. It looks like a, just a straight-up, full-blown remake. System's the same, everything's the same outside of a visual glow-up. But uh, what did you make of what we saw? I mean, I think it's something that's been a long time coming. People have been clamouring for this for quite a while, and it famously was never made available outside of the physical release of the original yeah. game on UMD. You know, obviously, um, if you had some uh, custom firmware cracking on your vita or your psp it was very very easy to obtain i still have a physical copy of it somewhere in the house but um too far away basically i i do wonder if that didn't lend to its legend somewhat you know that it was never released digitally for the psp or maybe for the original was it released digitally for no it must have been it it didn't come out on the psp go because otherwise that would have allowed it to be yeah okay because i that's the whole thing it was physical you and that's it. it 
I do have it on my Go at the moment, which tells you everything you need to know about the legality of my PSP Go. Um, but That's right. You and the... How many units they sell? Like 70 million? So you and about 69 million others. Yeah, they're about, nice. you know, not quite as bad as the Dreamcast, but pretty up there. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a great handheld title. And as you said, it looks like it's pretty faithful to it outside of the visual glow, which I have to presume they're just probably downscaling some Final Fantasy VII Remake assets and... Yeah tossing that all of tossing all of that in there but my main concern which we did um cover briefly earlier is that the systems for that game the way it plays is very much of that era like it's a handheld title and you play in 20 to 30 minute bursts you finish a mission or two and then you get off your bus and you go about your day and do whatever you're doing and then you pick it up again later and I don't know unless they do some significant changes to it that I it would really fly for me on any platform outside of maybe the Vita or oh, a handheld of some sort. A Vita, a Vita too, if Sony had actually listened to us. No, the outside, you know, the Switch or uh, Steam Deck or you know, or if it's mobile. on Xbox and you can, yeah, if you can get it to mobile or you know, run it from your Xbox to your phone or yeah, all the other fancy stuff Microsoft's doing these days. So. Yeah, you made a focus being that you're kind of bite-sized, in and out sort of... Because you you can replicate that on the console, but it's not really what the console experience is. The console experience mostly is designed for for larger sessions and to kind of fire it up for a 20-minute, 30-minute burst is not really what they're trying to get you to do when when you find yourself on the couch with a PS5 DualSense in hand. I, I I guess quick resume and all of those sorts of things will mitigate that slightly in that this is... You know, the first generation of consoles where you can basically be into the game in under a minute if you're lucky enough, yeah. uh, as opposed to prior generations. So it, it could work slightly better in that, like just a little palate cleanser. Oh, you know, I don't have much time to play. I don't want to start a big game. I'll smash out a mission or two in that. But uh, as for me, it's still the kind of thing I would rather play in bed. Maybe I can remote play to the Vita still from the PS5. Yes. I just don't know if the... Mm. Yeah, how, how like I remember. I remember that you know I haven't even considered the idea of remote playing to my Vita um, since getting the PS5. But I certainly remember on most PS4 games they would have the you know remote play compatible with the with the Vita kind of stamped on the box. I don't know if that's the case of... anymore. But I mean, <laughs> I you can still remote play. You can remote, remote play to, playing a... to the Vita. Yeah, that I mean, was interesting. I remote play to my phone somewhat regularly. Yeah. Um, like and I just got. Might be the one, I yeah. don't have one here, but like I've I've got the little control amount. The shell, um, yeah. It's it's currently on my. I don't have one for my Dual Sense. I've got one for the the Dual Shock Four. So. Yeah. But that's fine because you're Bluetoothing it to your phone, so it doesn't matter which. Like I could do it with my Xbox and play a PS5 game that way. It wouldn't matter. Um, up to a point, I guess. There's there's the touchpad compatibility. Let, let's and avoid course, that. But um. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's and like course, those the those options are there. I think they need to keep it in the realms of realistic. I I would probably not go for this if it's any more than twenty nine ninety five AU. I think they need to bang it out at twenty to thirty bucks. Of I course, being being square, being. <laughs> I don't know. They'll they'll push for like forty or fifty or even. I reckon 60, they'll squeeze sixty. Yeah, which is I I think you're going to see a lot of people waiting for a sale if they do that. Unless it's you know maybe it's like forty nine at retail or something like that and maybe then people will bite but just for me personally because again it's if it's nothing aside from the visual upgrade i honestly feel like the game will play just as well on my psp go yeah no i mean that's totally fair like i guess for for me i never had that i guess attempted experience of just sitting down and binging at home i i still recall quite vividly actually to this day the the nature of my experience with that was because what it was 2000 Eight, thereabouts. Would have been like that earlier was, than that, I would think. Was it two thousand and six or seven? I would put it at it. Eight feels a little bit late. I'll have to double check it now while we're while we're chatting. But I I feel like I vividly remember playing it on the train heading back and forth to Bendigo for uni, which was always an hour long trip, or you know, mm. give or take. Um, so that kind of I mean, it was not quite the the hour sort of thing that you were talking about, but it's fairly representative of that sort of experience you were having before and I've never experienced the game in any other way so I'm wondering if that yeah. maybe colours my um, 
like I, I still adore the game in every single way and would just get yeah, I'll throw my 60 bucks at it straight away because that's that's how I feel about that particular game let yeah, alone sure. the way I typically am when it comes to games anyway um but it does sound yeah, like you probably played it under optimal conditions though like as it was yeah. designed to because I think what a lot of people forget is that that whole generation of gaming some of the biggest titles on the PSP Monster Hunter all those were designed around you know transit gaming like you would be playing these on your portable on the train for the 20 to 40 to 60 minutes it took you to get to and from work or school or whatever and they were you know the more successful games were designed around that even some stuff on the vita to a point yeah no absolutely um i mean what was what was the other big monster hunter like thing that playstation put out oh, freedom freedom wars on the vita for example fits that fits hmm. that bill um yeah i mean look that's that's kind of the nature of any sort of portable experience typically you can even see hints of it and kind of what nintendo has gone for with a lot of their switch titles these days kind of knowing that they are handheld games as well I mean, Mario, the 3D Mario has always kind of been a little bit bite-sized anyway because you can go and chase that star and be done if that's what you want to do. Breath of the Wild kind of has that because it's just so much more exploration-focused and just get out there and discover. You can go off and discover for whatever period of time you like and then just switch it off or put it in rest mode and, and move on with your day. Most Hunter obviously fits that bill as you're talking about. Crisis Core did. And yeah, I'll be I'll be very interested to see whether yeah, that whether translates it, whether it translates so and finally google is playing nice with me and it came out september 13 2007 so it was actually my first year of uni i guess but um yeah i, I spent a lot of time playing that on the train <laughs> yeah it, it'll be interesting actually like I, I come in with kind of stars in my eyes right now but i wonder i wonder whether it'll lose that sheen if that experience doesn't translate overly well i guess in my eyes because you've obviously had that opportunity to sit there and kind of I guess play in a longer session it's not quite stuck in the same way but yeah i wonder whether we'll lose that kind of little bit of shine in my eyes when that chance comes along thanks for ruining it Stephen. <laughs> i mean again like i said though it could be it could end up really well in that you and i are sort of in a similar phase of our lives with young children and jobs that take up a lot of our time and gaming time is a premium anyway and it might end up being something where you're quite happy to smash out 30 to 40 minutes rather than another title where generally I feel like a lot of games don't tend to give you any sense of satisfaction until you've put two to three hours in them. Like, yeah. you know, larger titles, an hour feels like, well, I've basically got nothing done and now I just have to stop. Yeah, because that gameplay loop is is longer. It mm. takes longer to kind of go through that entire cycle and... And so, yeah, unless you're willing to sit, sit the whole thing out, then you're not going to get what you want out of it properly. No. Um, but yeah, like, whereas I guess, yeah, Crisis Core does fit that bill. So yeah, who knows? I guess it depends on how we'll be playing the game when it comes out. Supposedly this, well, I guess it translates to this summer for us, which could, I mean, that's, that's such an awkward window to declare because that could be December 2022 or it could be January, Feb 2023 for all we know. We'll, we'll just wait and see what happens there. Mm, got a, yeah, got a gut to feel? Yeah, I have to feel they probably want it out by October, November. Yeah, um, I feel. I mean, I, I mean, obviously October, November doesn't fit the window that they defined. But at the same time, I, I do feel like yeah, that twenty twenty two side of the line is surely what they're aiming for because, I mean, you know, about to pair in our conversation about remake part two or rebirth as as we now know it. Uh, that's going to be very interesting when we get to that. Yes, there's a lot of Final Fantasy coming down the pipeline right now. Like big Final Fantasy stuff from from Crisis Core remake to 16, which is meant to drop in our winter. So you know we're looking at kind of June, July potentially for that one. Um, Not be surprised if that gets pushed. I see. I don't reckon that one will put, uh, slide any further. I mean, just based on kind of the messaging, around it, it sounds like it's done and it's polished, which is the same messaging that Starfield's getting. Only we're getting even longer up our mm. sleeve for for 16. I reckon whatever when they whenever they come out and announce a date, especially kind of in in light of what happened with uh, with 15 where they had a giant event you know Greg Miller and Tim Geddes hosting and there was glitz and glamour and stuff everywhere and then the date didn't stick they they pushed it back um, I don't think they'll be looking to do anything like that again so not not just the event but also the the shifting date I think we're just yeah. holding off at this point to to slot that in there but yeah you add that in there uh, there's still the Nvidia leak that shows Final Fantasy 9 and Final Fantasy Tactics are getting remakes um, I'll save my Final Fantasy 9 stuff for another time because that could be a whole episode in and of itself. 
um and then of course there's there's rebirth to talk about as well so that's probably the the perfect segue what did you make of final fantasy 7 rebirth or remake part two for anyone unaware well i think the first interesting thing is that i guess what did you expect potentially even beforehand like knowing that this event was coming did you have any expectations i i had some suspicions and they were sort of partially confirmed by what I am going to assume is now the canonical name of part one, which is Integrade. And I think they dropped the part one aspect for a few very important reasons in that simply naming it Final Fantasy VII Remake Part One and then Part Two set up some expectations. And I think it was good for them to do that at that time when we thought we were getting a straight remake of this game. Yeah. And then, of course... um spoiler alert for those who haven't finished a game that's been out for this a few years warning. and is only 30 hours long um so skip ahead a few minutes if you want but it becomes very clear by the end of that game that we are not getting a straight remake of final fantasy 7 in the way that most people imagined and i do not think we're ever going to see discs two and three in the way that we would no, imagine because not. the resources required for it would simply be ridiculous i think it's unrealistic in retrospect to think that Square are going to be able to take a game of that size and push it to PS5 expectations and not have to do some weird stuff with the map to get around just the scope of that world and yeah, just how squash sparse it where it, it becomes ultra linear, oh, yeah. it just becomes Final Fantasy X. Yeah, and how sparse it really would be um, without building it out. Yeah. And I think it's that's why they've gone with integrate and rebirth to really drive home the fact that this is not final fantasy 7 remake um in you know what we would necessarily expect that to be not in the same way that the last of us remake is going to be you know rebranded as part one yeah, yeah and rebranded as part one to obviously tie in with part two um and i think it's you know the case here of it's just resetting expectations um I did have to go back and watch the new end sequence for Integrade, which I hadn't yep. seen because I didn't bother paying for Integrade and watching the trailer. I, for I guess I'll just quickly shout that out. It was that was like that Yuffie DLC your expansion is genuinely fantastic. So if mm. if you do get an opportunity, if it's dirt cheap or whatever, pick it oh, up. Oh yeah, well, if, go, I can, if I can catch it on the sale, I'll probably have a crack at it. Um, but it, it's I think from what I what they showed in the trailer for Rebirth. It's pretty obviously not discs two and three. It's yeah. a completely different beast, and we'll visit uh, you know key locations when ke- kind yeah. of key points of conflict are going on. But the way those things play out will be very different. You know, I mean, you, you see kind of in that trailer, um, Cloud and Sephiroth walking along, you know, towards a bridge there, and you go, okay, that could be around the Nibelheim area. Like that could be a flashback of some sort. Maybe, maybe not. There's obviously, I mean, it's, it's hard. Cause like the, even the perspective is very different to what we saw and the graphics themselves obviously have come a mile. So how they envisage this location looking in 2022, three, four, whatever, whenever it ultimately comes out, um, is obviously very, very different to what they had in mind back in the nineties. But, um, like yeah, I can I can just as easily see lots of those moments kind of, kind of being revisited. Even the trailer when they talk about like you hear Aerith talking about you know re- referencing the fact that she was supposed to die. So maybe and of you know them just kind of teasing and pump faking fans like maybe we have a moment where you know sorry more spoilers for people for not uh, not the 2020 remake but the core game like Aerith getting skewered. Um, like maybe we have a near miss which would be I don't know that I feel like that'd be not overly satisfying um, I, if, I they, if, if they kind of lower her and she gets knocked out of the way or something and it doesn't happen but I don't know if they'll even keep it that faithful like that's sort of the vibes I'm getting is I I could see that being because of the moment that that is as I knock my mic um, I could see that that particular moment maybe and probably only one or two others um being the sort of things that they might try and implement or inter- integrate yeah. into it somehow, but then change them. Yeah, and and I think that's what a lot of a lot of the first game sort of did was you know meet a lot of expectations, then subvert a lot of them towards the end. And I think part two is them just leaning into full subversion. Yeah, yeah. No, whatever you got in mind, throw it away. Like, oh, you know, 
I, I don't even know if you like if you're the core team and there is the idea like okay, we'll visit a few of these key locations that we that we love or think are going to be kind of integral to the plot we're trying to spin like how you determine what those are like Cosmo Canyon is beautiful and obviously the soundtrack is phenomenal so you'd li- like as a fan I'd love to see him go there hell I'd even like to hear you know um, uh, when you're kind of climbing out through Midgar there and you hear the march oh no it wasn't mm. Midgar where where uh, where was the march you, you know the you know the, the theme though um, the musical theme that I'm talking about oh um, some yeah some of those songs just burned into my brain but I, I wouldn't be able to tell you the names of them but the minute I hear them <laughs> yeah yeah you, you pick it straight away and it's, it's going completely blank on me right now but um yeah, like you could almost see like there's a few of those like how do we how do we bring these in even if it's just the musical side like how do we blend that in there and is this iconic track that we want to rework remaster revitalize how can we bring that in here without forcing us to have to replicate the whole scenario again then again maybe play it out a different way like i think there's gonna be a lot of those sort of questions that will go on and then where's the line because if we start going oh but we love this and we love this and we love this we go well Maybe we should have just remade the whole game, which, to your point, isn't a very feasible one. Like the co- the amount that we kind of cover in disc two was not something they could replicate here in the space of time that they've got between releases. No, so it's it and it's just again the expectations. Like you couldn't have that much of an empty open world right now. Like it yeah. would end up feeling like you said Final Fantasy ten, where we're just running around on a map to get to the next location like it worked back on the playstation one and i don't think it would work right now well even even 10 a bit like 13 like people kind of i think lose sight of this with 10 a little bit like 10 was ultra ultra linear until you get to the calm lands and it's just that's a very small ultimately open area that you can kind of waltz around in but it's still only got one point of entry one point of exit like you like it's it's kind of yeah. the the wide linear bit that you've got in that, in that particular segment there like 10 is just yeah just as if not more so linear than than final fantasy 13 now i'm not going to sit here and try and say that 13 is a better game than 10 but um like we kind of lose sight of that a little bit i think yeah you know it's it's kind of the the funny thing that what constituted an open world in the playstation one generation is very different to what constitutes an open world in current generations yeah. and i'm and what i'm up. quite happy yeah. yeah i'm quite happy for them to change everything i like I can go back and replay that game. It's, you know, it doesn't cease existing because this version's out. Does it look as pretty? No. But I can imagine that maybe... Well, that's where Evercrisis the... might come in anyway. That might be where that... Evercrisis is perfect for that. Yeah, and if, if the dust settles on this remake, maybe they do do a slightly, you know, more faithful adherence to it using some of these assets. And, you know, it won't be the level of fidelity and everything we'd expect but i think people could probably dig a you know a more you know maybe ps3 to ps4 level looking final fantasy 7 that was a little bit more of a faithful remake using some of these assets yeah yeah i could see that um and yeah certainly i guess so we've kind of touched on the narrative stuff we do see well we see ui from gameplay i don't know that we're really Mm. we're not looking at anything overly poignant when it came to what we saw in that respect but no, they were pretty judicious in what they showed. Um, and it, As they should be. Yeah, it doesn't give us a lot to go off. And obviously tying in with the additional ending sequences in um, Integrade. So some of the stuff with Zach going back to the church and, you know, it's, you know, a is bit of a there, mystery box. not? What's happened? Sort yeah, of... I think, yeah. you know, we've got some Westworld stuff going on where it's like, you know, is it the, is it the different timeline, same timeline, they're just playing with the audience a little bit and, you know, are, are we across, you know, multiverses at this point? How is it all going to come together? I mean, it's such a Namura sort of idea. I, I do worry I mean, with him at the helm. I guess he's not actually at the helm with this one. He's already in pre-pro on the third, but he's obviously got his fingers all over what's going on like he'll be yeah. in regular and contact the- you'd imagine i worry that they try to do too much and consequently fly a little too close to the sun and i think what they're probably aiming for is to keep these around the 30 to 40 hour experience as well yeah yeah more accessible Which, in that respect well and it vastly improves replayability like i i can replay a 30 hour game i have very little desire to replay a 70 to 80 hour game well, I mean, you think about what Square themselves and, and other kind of publishers of 
you know PS One era JRPGs have done. They're all putting these games back out, and they've got these. You know, you can turn the combat off, or you can, uh, t- sorry, turn random encounters off. You can boost yourself to level 99 and basically just de- do 10,000 damage with every hit, or you've got, you know, these fast-forward modes, all these sort of things. Like, they recognise that, that that duration doesn't fly anymore. It would be interesting to see what happens with 16 as a result, actually, for that matter. But, yeah, um, and obviously we've got some other, like, Falcom and uh, the Persona 5 Atlas developers are still yep. pushing those game-length 100. limits as far as they can, but even... I mean, I guess the problem with Atlas is that even playing on easy Persona 5 Royal is going to take you in excess of 100 hours to finish. Yeah. So, Good luck we'll with see. That. Uh, yeah, Enjoy I'm, Xbox owners. <laughs> yeah, you'll never see it coming. Um, uh, and I really feel like if they rein it in a little bit, it's probably a good thing for them as well. Like, I don't want to be in a situation where they can't you know, get one of these out every two to three years. We've yeah. already seen, you know, a lot of other developers who been a little bit overly ambitious and it's made things a little bit more difficult for them going forward. Yeah. And obviously there was a layer of a pandemic in there that wasn't forecast, but you're right. Like there's, they they obviously would know better at this point. They launched part one amidst the pa- the beginning of the pandemic um, and have been, spent the majority of the development time to this period working with a pandemic looming over them so all those other variables they should be across that and they kind of know what the constraints are of what they're trying to make and the constraints are on the development side hopefully they don't try to bite off too much in that respect as a result do you think we'll get an integrate like update to rebirth yes um, yeah, I mean, and whether that would like another 30 dollars from everybody so yeah and i wonder if that's not a because yuffie's you know largely largely unnecessary to the core Final Fantasy 7 plot obviously she's you could miss her entirely or you're playing it anyway um and Vincent's exactly the same so I'm wondering if he is the the star of an integrate style thing for Rebirth I think the problem with doing that throw away you can kind of do what you want but the area that you locate him in is pretty integral to the original plot so I think I mean as much as you had to go to Wutai um to do the stuff there with, you know, Yuffie and all of that sort of stuff. I can see how they could excise that a little bit easier than maybe the stuff with Vincent, but who yeah. knows? They're doing so much with this that they could just, you know... Yeah, the whole neighborhood thing really. could completely change at this yeah. point. And probably probably has completely changed. Yeah. So, um, Yeah, it'll be kind of interesting in that respect. What about the uh, summer 2023... No, actually, did they did they put? No, they winter said next summer. They said next, yeah, yeah, next or yeah. Sorry, they're winter, but yeah, so, next well, that'll summer. Be they didn't US, actually put a year, yeah, so they again left that yeah. kind of open to end that's of twenty twenty three, beginning of twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah, it's eighteen months yeah. away. So, I mean, that's that's fair. I can see them hitting that target. Yeah, I mean, it's easily. been more than two years already since since remake first came out. Yeah, uh, so I think that's you know a healthy. You know, if they were trying to say, you know, you know, our summer this year or, you know, US summer next year, I'd probably be a little bit more skeptical. But I think to say 18 months out is, you know, probably a bit more respectable. Yeah. I mean, maybe, and you floated the possibility, I can't remember now whether it was before the show or after it, the Final Fantasy 16 date and whether that does or doesn't stick. Like maybe what happens with Final Fantasy 7 Remake is a little bit dependent on what happens in terms of the timeline is a little bit dependent <laughs> on 16 because they won't like those two are the yeah. the future of final fantasy in essence um you and, don't want them overlapping too much yeah, and i think exactly if 16 slides it's... for some reason then seven yeah. remake has to sorry seven part two rebirth has to slide as a result it depends on the tail they want to have on 16 as well like i think if they've got some lengthy support plans and some dlc for that they want to Comrades give it a bit of breathing room yeah, like give it a bit of breathing room from the fishing game. You know, rebirth. I I will go to the wall for a good fishing mini game. Those things are amazing. The in VR, Monster, uh, Monsters of the Deep, wasn't well, it? I can I can take or leave that at the moment until we get a, a VR update because yeah. the, the PSVR is a very long in the tooth at this point. Yeah, but yeah, it's I, I can see there being a bit of a gap, and I I have months. not followed. Yeah, I've not followed 16 anywhere near as closely as you have, so it's kind of guesswork from me at this point, but 
like I could. When did you say that's due for end of this year? Winter no, so 2022. Crisis, crisis Core is the end of this year, beginning of next. Um, then 16 would be six months later, and uh, okay, part so two would be about, about a year. six months after that. So, hmm. which is why I say, like, if if I, I think Crisis Core like if Crisis Core slid a month or two, I don't think that bothers anything for Final Fantasy 16 because I think you're right. It's probably going to be that whether it's 40, 50, 60 dollar title. They, they'll get that out there. They'll get the sales that they want, and they yeah. move on. And, and it's multi-plat too, so they're getting they're going to squeeze more out of it. Like that's the, I guess that's an important one for Crisis Core is it's coming to Xbox Switch as well as PlayStation and PC. So, but Don't if sixteen though. slides for some reason, then part two has to slide because they just they get under each other's feet. And of course, there'll be some exclusive cutscene in the Crisis Core remake that you can only get by doing yeah, something maybe. ridiculous that will tease something in Rebirth and. You know, maybe yeah, it's their way of trying to keep save data or carry an item over or something. You know, yeah. I'm sure they'll do something along those lines. But yeah, I guess it will really depend because how much is 16 going to mirror the sort of updated gameplay we saw in 7 Remake, which wasn't quite to the level of 15. It was that, you know, sort of middle ground, although they didn't make it flexible. So that could, you know, play into it as well. How yeah. real time is sixteen? Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of thirteen specifically in in um sevens combat where it's it's kind of in that middle ground where it wasn't quite as free uh, free flowing and really balls the wall like fifteen kind of was because there were some of those traditional constraints that pulled it back and so it kind of mm. went that path but then took the half step back and really felt a bit like thirteen and it still had the staggers and those sorts of things in it as well in that respect so I think that was kind of where that landed and presumably is the path that they'll continue down going forward but yeah um, I think there's a there's a fine line that they all need to walk when it comes to these release dates and I think if it uh, yeah if 16 slides 7 slides or rebirth slides it's just how I think this needs to work to give themselves time and then obviously there's everything else in and around it that could happen too with yeah, tactics and mm. I don't think 9 will drop anywhere around that period but is 16 hitting PS4? N- no no that's five and five only um mm, okay i guess I and so know. yeah i guess to going back to you mentioned before obviously that I'm, yeah i'm a little bit more on the beat when it comes to 16 like the the reason why i'm i'm pretty bullish about even that just being it's polish and polish only is the fact that that trailer has apparently been ready since the beginning of the year like there was yeah. a there was a plan at some point and presumably that might have been the i think it was the february beginning of feb play, uh, state of play that that came along um they had plans at that point to air it fairly early on and were told not to and you know it became crystal clear that that was Sony that told them not to um, which is a, certainly a, a choice yeah well I mean you know you're exclusive we've we've paid big bucks maybe we've you know we've got this optical issue that people are having with state of play so how about you hold that until because we've got XYZ which they obviously wouldn't declare that was Resident mm. Evil 4 and all those other things they had lined up but um to really kind of blow people away with the third parties it means it takes the pressure off us for god of war it takes the you know there's i mean there's all those sorts of little larger larger consequences that kind of affect sony and the optical thing for the ps5 versus the xbox that let's let's hold this trailer until then and especially if it wasn't going to come out this year then what was the rush yeah and i think everyone's sort of holding their breath a little bit after you know the more recent xbox in bethesda showcase it's become pretty apparent they don't really have anything for this year which yeah. isn't surprising i always figured it was going to take microsoft a very long time to spin up those studios and did you think you know in four years though because that's really where it where it's at the pro- purchases i mean being the, in 2018 the first round of purchases sorry we really do not know um what had to take place at those studios to get to the point where they were in pre-production of something that microsoft approved of and then how they all flew um during you know the pandemic how many of them were just tools down completely slow it down as they yeah transition from one to another to from one model to another to one managerial model to another so yeah good point obviously some of them have come out and said that microsoft are pretty hands-off but i feel like any company at some point is going to become very hands-on when they need some product and Game Pass has been great for helping, you know, Microsoft keep people busy. But yeah, eventually, 
we are sort of starting to wonder, hey, where are all the new games that should be getting made by all of those studios that you bought? 2023 has to be the year, you'd imagine. I mean, even this is yeah, getting well off our track with the Final Fantasy conversation, but yeah, I mean, Starfield is obviously early, Redfall's early, Forza has slid into 2023. Um, uh, well, it see, it, it all sort of ties in. It, it's Obsidian it also... that is keeping him going at the moment. With like oh, even yeah. this year, it's it's granted going 1.0, and it's uh, damn Tom Sawyer's game, uh, Pentiment. Like mm. that's it. I mean, it all sort of ties into me because I still, I can't help but think that not as much Microsoft, but definitely Sony are looking at their numbers and we're not at a, we're not anywhere near a tipping point of the PlayStation 5 reaching those PlayStation 4 numbers. And like, it's really hard to ignore a hundred plus million user base when you're probably sitting at 20 million at the moment. Yeah, which like, is where we, yeah we kind of see the God of War and Horizon scenario. Well, that's why they're on PS4 because again, like it, you would, it would be ridiculous to take something like God of War or you know Spider Man and all of those other games that are some of the highest selling games on the PlayStation Four, and they've sold what twenty million units. Yeah, that means one in five owners is purchasing that game. So if you extrapolated that to the PlayStation Five, which I would assume it's probably more like one in two, given that you would expect it yeah. to be a more dedicated it's user the base of right now. Early on. But yeah, to sell maybe half the amount of units, it's it just doesn't make business sense. Yeah, and so I, I can guess, imagine yeah, the, a the lot bit... of these publishers oh. just looking at the numbers and going, "But if we hold out and we, you know, there's more console sales over Christmas, and then we've got a high user base, and then we can, you know, actually move some of these things." Yeah, well, I mean, I remember it was, there was a report only, I'm going to say about a month or so ago from Sony where they were, like their sales projections for for the, this next year for them were actually closer to really what they'd projected the year prior. Like they, they start, they, they're of the belief, and it could be wrong, but they're of the belief that the, the chip shortage issues will no longer affect in the way that they were before, whether that's just because they've locked down, a, they locked down a shipment so long ago that is now finally ready to be fulfilled. Um, and then they forecast beyond that point that the issue will become less of an issue and they'll be able to get back to business as usual once that stock has finally come through and been sold through. Remains to be seen, but yeah, maybe that's why we're starting to see Rebirth get the PS5 only title, you know, six, uh, 16, similar sort of deal. Uh, Resident Evil 4 is PS5 only, I believe. Now, mm. they did say that about Village for a long time and I'd heard six, well, four or five months before they officially announced that it was going to get delayed, that that wasn't going to be the case and it was going to come to PS4. But um, certainly that upfront marketing was it's next-gen only. Um, well, that's initially. how they get you to buy the console. And then if you exactly. haven't bought the console, you find out you can still play the game. Yeah, surprise. Okay, we're not going to get as many sales as we want, so we'll open it up to this other audience. But I do feel like, as you've mentioned, that that practice does have a cutoff point. And I'm wondering, they've said before that, you know, Spider-Man is meant to be next-gen only too, by the way. Yeah. And they've said that God of War is the last one that's coming to PS4 as well. And I think it will be really key for it to come out this year to still hit that. Because I could I could honestly see Sony backtracking on that next year. If God of War gets pushed to next year, I could honestly see them walking back on the PS4 as well. Yeah, yeah, it's quite possible. I, I, I think I'm with you, though. I think it, it will absolutely come out this year because VR2 is lined up for Q1 next year. Again, that's unconfirmed but a lot of reporting around that at the moment um so yeah like you know trying to line all these things up which again kind of takes us back to the final fantasy and square enix side of things like stacking all these up and working with your third party partners and all those sort of things it becomes a very interesting tightrope tightrope from to all walk and yeah where those games kind of slide in is incredibly fascinating within the bigger picture but also for the final fantasy franchise and square enix too yeah and I mean, I would, I would love for all those things to come out when they projected. I think six months apart. I think, yeah, I think Crisis Core is a pretty solid lock. I can see that yeah. happening. Um, but yeah, I, I, I could potentially see six, sixteen slipping to what they've got for Rebirth, and see Rebirth getting pushed another six months, which would put it into twenty twenty four, which would be a shame. But uh, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me. And then maybe what they do with part three is it's you know 
similar to The Last of Us Part 2. Closes it the comes out. out and closes the generation out and then Square aren't trying to straddle two generations of consoles like they had to do with Remake Part 1. And so one last, I guess, kind of talking point on the thing. They've, they've announced that obviously there's a third game They didn't that it's going to be part of a trilogy and that's it. Well, we'll see whether that's the case. And the reason, the reason why I kind of argue with, you know, like they might close out this story, but how far they go from there, like, I guess what I'm getting at is, do you feel like Final Fantasy VII is now finally, and we obviously saw Crisis Core and Dirge back in the day, we saw Advent Children, we saw, we've seen this other content, but with the remake and what's coming from that, do you feel like Final Fantasy VII now has kind of become its own franchise, similar to how Modern Warfare became the thing for Call of Duty? Like, people forgot about Call of Duty and forgot and started thinking about Modern Warfare. They did, people forgot that it was Call of Duty 4, and they just think Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and I wonder if we're going to see a similar sort of thing here with with Final Fantasy 7 where you've got the broader franchise but within that you've got a pillar that is perhaps more powerful than the core franchise itself in Final Fantasy 7 and all these titles that come out around it I think we're already there I think the, like we're in the middle of that right now is you know this Final Fantasy 7 pro and they you know they tried to do it with other um entrance entries in the franchise like the 10 was it two, Ivalice, yeah and you know Tactics Advance and Advance 2 yeah. and yeah 12 had a bunch of spin-off games, you know, some yeah, weird ones wings, on the DS, yeah. things like that. Yeah, like, they've tried this before and to varying degrees of success, and I think, you know, 7 being, for better or worse, the iconic Final Fantasy game these days, um, I think we're already in the middle of that. If we're getting a remake of Crisis Core and we're getting two more parts of the 7 remake and no doubt a few other things alongside that, then... Yeah, I would say that it already is basically like it's World of Final Fantasy VII spin-off franchise with, That's you know, how how many different games would be in it now if you wanted to count them all individually? Like, you know, we're probably getting close to 10. Yeah. No, oh, jeez. I mean, there was four four games alone in that, in that one showcase that went for 12 minutes yeah. or whatever. And then if we're counting all the mobile games and other things and, you know, where they've made significant appearances, like, you know the ps1 fighting game that they did that had cloud in it and you know oh, yeah. cloud popping up Chocobo in racing Park. really is hmm. stemming yeah from, it's yeah it's from final fantasy 7 and they've done two of those games so i think it's safe to say that final fantasy 7 is kind of it's already its own spin-off franchise under the larger final fantasy umbrella. yeah i just wonder if it's going to get to that point if it's again if it's not already where it's actually just greater than the core final fantasy franchise like people looking forward more to the next Final Fantasy 7 related title than they are Final Fantasy 17 or 18 or whatever. I don't think we'll ever get to that point because I think what the Final Fantasy franchise is built on, one of its strengths compared to a lot of J- other JRPG franchises is its willingness to change and uh, well, adapt. Like clean, here's a new story. Yeah, and you know, you know, similar elements and themes and other things, but something that makes it feel different to prior entries you know as opposed to say something like dragon quest which if you know you want to get into the nitty-gritty yes they're all very different games but they are very traditionalist and you know they're they're like a like a warm blanket on a cold winter's day it's you know nothing necessarily revolutionary but very familiar whereas i think final fantasy is trying to or always has tried to do something you know fairly different and bold and push um i won't say the genre because i feel like (laughs) they stopped trying to really push the genre a little while back yeah no i'd agree with that um Um, i guess like the the thing that's interesting this is more the the sales side so i'm thinking you know square looking at bottom lines and those sorts of things 10 sorry 15 has only sold 10 million copies and that was announced earlier this year so the most, you know, like it's, I say only, like 10 million is an incredible number, but, you know, I guess in this con, kind of modern landscape, um, while I think 7 is already there. But it's... So I wonder if it's key not... key to remember that that is not a disappointment because no, no. that is a Japan-based Square studio, not a Western-based yeah, studio. Yeah, I didn't mean to, it's kind of in that sense of like how Square perceives it because we know that Square's all. optics and their, the way they look at their bottom line is It's not ridiculous. Tomb Raider level, it's... <laughs> yeah, that, so Tomb Raider has sold more to, than those titles, and yet it only took seven years and a re-release to get there. Well done, Final Fantasy Fifteen. Um, again, I feel like uh, 
that game which is, is why I just it's it's more that kind of bottom line financial sales thing is mm. why I think that maybe there is more grounds for them to go let's like let's really tilt into this because there's something about seven compared well, to the rest again, well it's a pre-sold property and I think that's also the risk they run every time they give us a brand new story with a brand new set of characters it's taking a gamble that it's going to grab people in the same way that the previous games did and yep. clearly there's something about that seven storyline that resonates much more strongly for players than maybe 15 did and yeah. and again we've already talked about i don't know if final fantasy is translating to a younger generation of jrpg fans because it's it's not as hip as persona it's you know not as cool as some of these other you know jrpgs that it's are out there cool at the persona, moment but anyway we'll, we'll pass on that <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it's it's kind of true like it no there's you know yeah, the, the marketplace has changed a lot and i think that that you know probably ties into it a little bit um i mean it'll be interesting to see how this you know proposed remake of nine goes and whether they go yeah but and even then it's like i i don't have the sales figures on me but i do do actually wonder why like as much as i love it i'm i'm wondering like trying to think about screening something why have you picked this one well, because what were the sales numbers on that compared to seven? Like that, Poor, that's, because it came some... at the end of the generation, was usurped yeah. by ten very fast, and mm. of course it was at the tail end of the PS One where piracy was rife. So oh, yes. it's actually one of the poorer selling titles, despite being the best one. It's one of the poorer selling titles. Hell, I well, didn't even buy it for a long time. I actually like because I mean we know we remember what things were like back in the day. It took an eternity for a game that came out in the US to even make its way over here. So I got my hands on a burnt copy and I played that and finished it before nine even came out. And and again, I think it was towards that, like you said, the tail end of that generation where it was very difficult to bring yourself to pay $90 for a, a PlayStation 1 game because I don't know about you, but my own experience was that I picked up Final Fantasy VII as a platinum release. It had already gone yeah. platinum by the time I got a PlayStation 1 console because I needed to yeah, wait the for them to drop to around $200 before I could get one. My parents yeah, were not splashing The platinum one came out. with a demo for eight, didn't it? Yeah, so you had yeah, the demo disc rate. That was the yeah. version I had, and it was forty bucks. And I bought Final Fantasy VIII, and I got the black label copy because it was just about to go platinum, and they were clearing out old stock. So it was forty bucks to be replaced with the platinum version. But I think it took nine, and obviously this is as you said, poor sales compounding this problem. It took nine a very long time to go platinum, and. Yeah and even by the time it did all very legitimate reasons of course yeah yeah but it was you know 50 60 bucks and you know when you're picking that up and i got it well after the fact i'm sure the playstation 2 was out and you know the bouncer and some yeah other games were on next to this sad old copy of final fantasy 9 that had you know just recently gone platinum and had dropped to 50 bucks and that's when i picked it up yeah Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky line that they're walking at the moment with all this stuff i think I think you will understand the reasons why they're probably remaking it more than anybody else, and it's because it is the last Final Fantasy that I think embodies the spirit of the the series, the original spirit of the series in many yeah. ways. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. I, I'm still shocked that, that is where they're going at the moment. I, I, with all that demand for six, like presumably six is going to get the two D HD or HD two D, whatever they call it, um, treatment. At this I... Point. I feel like that's got to be the path they go down, but. I feel like I it's feel, a bridge I, the too long time far. I six was had to be first, but apparently I not. I think it's a bridge too far to bring those games back. I think it's very difficult to translate something from a sixteen-bit console into a fully three D world and yeah, do it justice. We yeah, we we don't have our um. Well, again, no, that's where I think they get the HD two D. So it's you know, yeah. more or less a remake. But we do, we don't have the the evidence of how successful that is because we're still currently waiting on Live Alive as the the most uh, the upcoming one that kind of fits that bill which obviously was pretty niche and not well known back in the day and I guess the most pronounced of all the titles that we know that are getting that treatment is Dragon Quest 3 and that's still TBD so we don't really yeah. have this um, this evidence before us yet that kind of shows that this is a good pathway when you're bringing back the classics it's all well and good for Octopath Traveler and um Oh shit! I've just gone blank. Um, triangle strategy. Yeah. Bravely default, all those sorts of yeah things where it's very but, much leaning on yeah. the nostalgia of you know 
players from yesteryear. But when you're actually trying that. to channel it 100% yeah. because you're remaking the game, that's a whole other kettle of fish. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And that audience is shrinking year on year. Like, I, yeah. I can't imagine 15-year-olds are really... Yeah, I can't imagine there's many 15-year-olds really excited to, wow, this remake of Final Fantasy VI... But give it to us anyway. You're right. But give it yeah. to us anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but speak speak to us. Fifty thousand people that are left will buy it. All of us will. Yeah. Well, you know. I guess isn't it funny that how many times have you bought the same Final Fantasy games over again? Too many is the answer, Paul. Too many. Look, I've still only bought nine once. That was Black Label on the PS One. Mm. Seven though. Did oh you no! Get actually, a no. Sorry, I've, no. I've got, sorry, no. I got the digital. No, I got the digital one on PSN, of course. Yeah, I was going to say ch- trophy chasing. Oh yes, which I've got the the wonderful skipping rope one um, for jumping oh. that skipping rope a thousand times. I don't know. I would need to give you my switch to get that for me because I don't know how you have the patience um, to do that. I've already admitted this on patched. Uh, I used remote play and then had a bot do the work for me. Oh my lord! Of course. <laughs> well. In that case, I will not give you kudos for that, Paul. Yeah. No, 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 I don't. Uh, I, have, I knew that like, if I didn't say anything now, someone in the audience would because I've already admitted it previously on the that's show. That's a true sign of addiction there, Paul. Um, I needed... I, well, because I want, I want to get that Final Fantasy IX Platinum. Um, and that was always going to be the one that got in the way. Whatever it that, takes. I've ticked that box costs. and now I can go and play the game the rest of the way, legit. Like no matter how much you have to debase yourself to get it. <laughs> yeah. So next step, I do the whole lightning thing from, uh, from Final Fantasy X. I'll just use a bot oh, for God, that. Oh, I've forgotten no. about that. Uh, I don't think that one works as well from what I can gather, but anyway. Um, well, I reckon we wrap things up there. We were talking half an hour for this thing. We managed to go for 50 plus minutes about Final Fantasy 7 and 16 and Xbox and <laughs> a million, million different paths that all somehow still come together in a really fascinating hole and it'll be really interesting to see how things play out. Thanks for coming yeah, aboard, mate. Didn't, no worries. I mean, we didn't even get to talk about the game series that really needs a remake and that's Dark Cloud. So level five yeah. if you're out there yeah please no, no, I, I can't even laugh that one off I'd totally be into that just a H, just a HD remake of Dark Chronicle Dark Cloud 2 for you yeah. US listeners US folk <laughs> oh, yeah I could get a, I could get right around and the, the that art style on Chronicle is exceptional still holds up incredibly well in that respect I, I love looking at that game but I'll just make do with, when it comes back. I'll make do with Final Fantasy and Persona and all these other games. But I'll be thinking of Dark Chronicle. <laughs> yeah, as you should. We'll wrap things up there. If you enjoyed this episode of Patch, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe. All the buttons down below. Hit the notification bell. That way you're alerted to every new video the moment it goes live on the channel. That includes more patched, player two plays, gamer school, and a whole bunch more. Awesome stuff. Please subscribe and go and check it out. Visit the website, player2.net.au, for reviews, previews, opinion pieces, news, features, links to the podcast series, Patched, the Player 2 Pixelcast, and Dev Diary. We're on Patreon, patreon.com slash player2au. You can get a few bucks, lower tiers, early access, higher tiers, monthly episode exclusives. And finally, Twitter. Stephen? Uh, Gorath44000. And right if you like board games, uh, no shelf control, but that's a little bit more niche. Uh, Paul James Games for myself. The website is player2au. And again, mate, thanks for coming on and talking Final Fantasy Seven, the future of Final Fantasy Seven with me. Um, no worries. Matt, I hope you enjoyed the book that you were reading tonight. Uh, look forward to seeing you again next week. Um, as we've discussed, he's just not a Final Fantasy guy. He would have... He, he said oh, look, at one point, I can sit there and read a book the whole time you chat if you want. Like, oh, I'll spare you that. <laughs> again, I can commiserate. I, I, I too went through a, a period of uh, getting off the Final Fantasy wagon. He was and... never on. <laughs> he's never been on it so it would have been even harder for him so yeah Yeah, we'll see you next week mate Um, and Stephen yeah thanks again no worries everyone else we'll see you next week thanks a lot for watching